your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Rothman Show, 1360 WKAT. And how are you doing? You switched the mics. You know what? What what got changed in here? Just everyone's you listening to this. You switched the mics. No, isn't it? That's my mic, isn't it? The one now that it goes, is. The big one? That's not the one you were... That... Oh, no, because I realized it was wrong. Right. Because somebody was in here and they, they had this mic oh, here and that mic there. No, and... but somehow you switched the mic. Oh, but my it's all God. Good. You're on a different mic. That's all good. But am I on I the can, right mic? Can, this is the right mic. I can hear you. This is the one. This is my. This is my favorite mic. Okay then. This is my buddy. You know how they say make love to the mic. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's just after four o'clock. Rich Rothman, obviously talking to Wanda Miles in the booth, hey. right there. And uh, we're streaming right now on the RichRothmanShow.com or iTunes or 1360.com, or you're just a terrestrial sort of person and you're terrestrialing the whole thing and just listening to it on the radio in 1360 KAT. So anyway, welcome. It's been a very, very interesting uh, week, I think. Don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, lots happened since last week, and people are moving on, and we have election stuff that's coming up. That's always exciting. We have oh, energy yeah. stuff. I'm not going to go into it. I th- I've decided that I'm going <laughs> to just, we had this <laughs> knockout drag out at the station earlier today, yeah. and I don't want to carry it forward into the show. However, I will say at some point soon, <gasps> we're going to have this conversation. Can hardly wait. We're, I know, but we're going to have, and you know what? We're going to get Andy in here at the same time. Don't you think? I, yes. Why are you hearing that? You're, you look voices. perplexed. I just, I'm hearing voices. Oh, do you have the radio on in there? Oh, hang on. That's what I'm hearing. That's what we're hearing. I'm hearing voices. Can you take care of that little, oh, don't hurt yourself, sweetie. All right. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Wow. It, they're ghosts. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing sorry. voices that I are kept, not mine. I broke all rules of radio, and I kept the mini speaker on in the studio. I forgot all about it because it's behind my screen, and I couldn't see it. Oh, that's exciting. And Wanda's looking at me like, where are those voices coming from? I see dead people. Yes. I see dead people. I do. All right. Um, first conversation today. First up, that is just, I have to get out and talk about it, is the terror trials. Now, last week, we had a conversation that the, uh, the British had the terror t- trial for the three folks who uh, actually survived the bombings, who were actually terrorists, who survived the bombings in London from a couple of years ago. And if you recall, they, they, they blew up a bus, they blew up some stuff in a subway, uh, guys were chased, some guy was shot because he didn't stop. Um, in about five days, they captured just about everybody who was involved in it due to the fact that London, of course, has video cameras everywhere. Yeah. They have it on buses. They have it on subways. They have it in public streets. They have it in shops. They have it every, everything's being recorded. Big bro. Uh, well, yeah, but it kind of works in this world of bad people. Oh. It kind of works, and you can see who's doing what with whom. So if you're not doing anything really bad, you're not going to get in trouble. But if you do something really bad, like, let me think, blow a bus up. Or unless you don't mind being watched. Yeah, you don't mind being watched. Or, or you're a voyeur. This yeah, is good for people who can go on voyeur TV. And you know, I wonder if they do have that. that. You can click in and just see different scenes of the city. I just go to spots in the city where I can be seen. Wouldn't that be interesting? Well, why couldn't they do that? You know, if we were then doing they radio, sell ads on it. if we could do radio at places like that and send people to those cameras, that's enough. That'd be a fun thing. That would be a fun thing. Go right. there and do this. If you do this, you get a free pizza fusion. Yes. You know, I want you to go in the middle of the street and do push-ups. Of course, right. they're going to get run over, so we don't have to give be them the coupon good. anyway. Yes. So, all right. So they had the terror trial, and last week, uh, they, the uh, the folks in London 
really couldn't come or in a split uh, verdict because they couldn't come to a, a decision on whether the three guys that they got were actually bad people. Now, here's the deal. They are bad people, but they didn't actually pull the bomb. They didn't do the bomb. They didn't. They weren't suicidal. They didn't blow up people. They didn't kill anybody. They just happened to help them. They were like the apparatchiks to going out there and fig figuring out where they're going to place the bombs. That's, that's what these folks did. I don't think they're the nicest people in the world, um, but I would have found them guilty because they were all part and parcel of uh, this organization that wants to end Western civilization as we know it. Not as bad as the Spanish Inquisition because at least you know who's doing what with whom, and you could always smell it a mile away because they were into burning people. So oh, like, yeah. you kind of knew where that was coming from. But now, here, this week, today, yesterday, the war court in Guantanamo the war court in Guantanamo actually did get a verdict. Uh, war court convicts its first defendant. And uh, the defendant is Salim Hamdan. The Salim Hamdan. And Salim Hamdan was, uh, uh, or is, I guess he was because he's not going to get the job back unless he gets out, uh, Osama bin Laden's driver. And he was his driver going back a number of years, evidently, uh, just after the coal. It was certainly during 9-11. And they caught him over in Afghanistan or that area, and they found uh, two or three um, uh, surface-to-air missiles uh, in his car. It's like, oh, how did they get there? I don't know. They just, I don't know. They showed up. I went to a car wash, and I don't know what happened. They were, they were in the trunk. I didn't put them there. Right, what do I do with a surface-to-air missile? I'm just a lonely, humble driver taking driving, driving the worst terrorist in the world, but I'm not really a bad guy. So, uh, anyway, lots of fighting. It took years to get him into court. Uh, of course, the ACLU provided the best attorneys that the United States could provide him. And he really got what most people are thinking is a fairly fair trial. Uh, as a matter of fact, a number of the charges against him were thrown out. And uh, finally, uh, he was found guilty on some less serious charges. Uh, that um, he's convicted of aiding terrorism but acquitted of conspiracy. And he faces a possible life sentence. Now, you're telling me I have one minute left. Something like that. Something like that. So the point is that we found somebody guilty of something, and he's going to be um, uh, given down. Yes, 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 yes. And he's going to be given his, um, his number of years in jail. Could be life, could be 30 years. The prosecutors asked for 30 years earlier today. Uh, the attorney says it's not fair because he, should, he wasn't tried in a jury of his peers. And I'm not sure what that means, because I don't know how many terrorists. Maybe we should he have the other terrorists right try him. And they could be in the jury box. That's why we'll get him. That's how we're going to get trap. him. Right. We'll get his own people saying that he's guilty or innocent, because that would be a jury of his peers. You see, that's why civilian tribunals or civilian courts don't work when you're dealing with these guys who aren't even part of the United States. Now, or civil. Or civil. That's for sure. When we come back, I'm going to continue this conversation a bit. Goody. All right? Don't go anywhere. Rich Rothman, 1360 WKAT. To improve and advance your business career and gain insight into developing top leadership qualities, then you need to register for the Skills for Effective Management program at Florida International University. This two-day program, which runs July 14th through July 15th, teaches leaders and prospective leaders how to foster a collaborative team-based business. It will help you develop effective skills and strategies that are essential for personal and organizational success. You will gain essential management communication skills, creative problem-solving strategies, negotiation tactics to help optimize outcomes, 
and new methods for enhancing how your employees interact, especially in a team environment. Don't miss out on this opportunity to build on your career. To enroll for FIU's Skill for Effective Management program starting July 14th, please call 305-348-4217 at Florida International University for more details or registration. The 11th America's Food and Beverage Show, the largest America's-focused food and beverage event in the hemisphere, will open September 24th through 26th at the Miami Beach Convention Center, offering international buyers and sellers three action-packed days of unparalleled business and networking opportunities. Expected to attract more than 5,000 retailers, distributors, importers, food service professionals, and exhibitors from across the U.S. and around the globe, the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show is a proven gateway to new products and global F&B trends of the future. Over the past decade, the show, presented by the World Trade Center Miami with support from the FAS and USDA has generated more than 200 million in sales for exhibitors and attendees. The goal is to facilitate deals between buyers and sellers, importers and exporters worldwide. The criteria for success are simple. How many deals were made? Registration for the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show is now open online at www.americasfoodandbeverage.com or by contacting the World Trade Center Miami at 305-871-7910. For additional details on the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show, contact Yelena Meisel at J-M-E-I-S-E-L at worldtrade.org or phone 305-871-7910. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. 
Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami. Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. Wallet feeling the crunch these days? The Florida Marlins have a way to save with the Marlins Free 5-Pack. Presented by Pollo Tropical. Buy a 5-Pack and get a second 5-Pack free. Packs start at just $75. That's right, only $75. Pick the games of your choice. See the Marlins battle the Cubs, Mets, Phillies, and others. You pick. Bring your kids, bring your buddy, bring your wife. The Marlins Free 5-Pack presented by Pollo Tropical. Get yours today. Call 1-877-MARLINS or go to FloridaMarlins.com. Marlins Baseball. You gotta be here. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. You want more fresh talk with a South Florida flavor? Mind-bottling, isn't it? This is the Rich Rothman Show. Did you just say mind-bottling? Yeah, mind-bottling. You know, when things are so crazy, it gets your thoughts all trapped like in a bottle. On 1360 WKAT. Okay, welcome back. Good to have you here. So let me continue with this thing with, with this trial. I just got to finish it up. So, all right, so this guy is is brought to trial. It's taken years, which, by the way, the judge is going to give him credit for the years served already, which is about five years that he's been down there. But some of this stuff is actually silly. I mean, part of it is when his attorney says he wasn't tried by a, tri a jury of his peers, not going to happen in this situation because I'm not quite sure what the peers would be. Uh, we, we have to go over and get some terrorists from... Uh, uh, Afghanistan from uh, Yemen. Do we have to go to Iraq and get some terror? I, I'm not quite sure what that would be. But some of the other stuff that was interesting, and he's, he pleaded for uh, leniency from the uh, jury, saying that um, he, uh, he, he uh, but he said he merely had a relationship of respect with bin Laden, as would any other employee. I love the word employee, don't you? It's true there were work opportunities. This is like a work, work in progress program from the government. It's true that there were work opportunities in Yemen, but not at the level I needed after I got married and to have my ambitions I had in the future, reading in Arabic from a prepared statement. He was found guilty of aiding terrorism, but acquitted him of uh, conspiracy uh, Wednesday in the trial. But uh, he was saying that uh, he uh, uh, he just, uh, you know, he, he couldn't find another job that was better, and he wanted to have a really good job, and he got a good job with bin Laden. He had no idea. As a matter of fact, he said in court, he said, he said, he said, that I, I couldn't beg Yemen, uh, Yemeni captive Salim Samdin told the U.S. war crimes uh, court jury that will sentence him on a uh, conviction, uh, providing material support for terrorism. I had to work. He said he had to work. And he was shocked. Oh, my God, when he found out that bin Laden, his guy he's driving around, was actually the man who told the people to blow up the SS coal, the USS coal, hmm. he was shocked. He couldn't believe it. And he said, the way I looked at bin Laden changed a lot. So I'm sure he's a he's a cured guy. Also, uh, they brought in some um, uh, psychiatrists, the defense uh, attorneys brought in psychiatrists saying that he can be corrected. He's able to be corrected and rehabilitated as a he can be rehabilitated. Yes, we can rebuild him. We can rebuild him and make him a fine person, probably working in the food service product line somewhere, maybe at a college or university near you. So that would be uh, that's just bloody great. 
Uh, of course, one of the best persons who actually said he's really not that important was the guy who did mastermind 9-11 in the United States, uh, who's still in Guantanamo. He said, leave him alone. He's just a little guy. He is a driver. What does he know? just the driver. And I am sure they would have left uh, Hitler's driver just like that, too. It was just a job. What am I supposed to do? What happened to Hitler's driver? Uh, well, he's dead now. Oh. I don't know where he is. You know, I probably got killed along the way. Hmm. You know, probably someone shot him. He shot himself or... Uh, he got blown up on trying to escape. You know, the last few hours in Berlin, uh, post, uh, after World War II was just about wrapping up, uh, were very, very confusing, to say the least. The Russians yeah. had one story about Hitler, and then they sneaked off with the information and the proof that he was actually dead. And there's another story that Hitler actually got away the last minute, uh, flew out uh, in a, in a single-engine plane, that went down uh, one of the main streets in Germany, in uh, Berlin, and then uh, met up somewhere else on the uh, coast uh, near Holland. And um, he took a submarine and uh, went into Latin America, went to South America, yeah. either Argentina or Brazil. So, Because there are a lot of Nazis who went down to Brazil, Argentina, and evidently Chile. Uh, post-World War II. Uruguay had some. Read the, uh, the book and get the movie Boys from Brazil. It's a great story, and we'll give you more background on that. And we'll have college credit for that next week, boys and girls. Okay. So now, all right, enough of that. No more, no, no more of that. Uh, next thing I want to talk about briefly, and then we'll, we'll do a Beatle thing. Uh, the next thing is the, this U.S. agent killing. Isn't that, that's awful, Wanda, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, like, pretty much. Oh, my God. Road Hero. rage. Uh, yeah, road rage. And and we excel. I mean, for those of you who want to talk about the road rage, give us a call at 305-447-3201. That's 305-447-3201. We really rank up there. And, and every time I take a poll on this, and we're going to have Lee on the show later talking about polls, but Miami in South Florida, particularly Miami, mm. really ranks high on um, uh, road rage. Yep. We don't seem to get along very, very well on the roads, do we? Maybe it's just too hot. It could be the heat. It could be the fact that Maybe the, the 95 we, Express thing. Uh, well, like yes. New roads. All I, the time. I, you know what? I have to tell you. We're going to talk about that later too. But I, I use it, and it's great. It works well. <laughs> Shoot right up one. there, and no one's been shot on that yet. But, um, but you know, you know, summer's not yeah, over yet. What was that big truck trying to get off at the last minute? The last minute last week, the truck just went over all the little stanchions that they had because he didn't want to be there. <laughs> He just realized after six and a half miles, oops, wrong I lane. I so used, the highway said. Yeah, really. I Why do they always do that to me? They use me and just use drive off. And drive off. Right. Anyway, so the police uh, arrest a suspect in the U.S. agent's killing. They don't know yet, as of at just starting the show, they really don't know why this man uh, did it. But, um, man, he just blew this guy's head away. He just shot him in the head. They don't know why, or they're just not saying? Well, they're not saying yet. Okay. But they, they said they don't know why he did it. They don't know what the motive was to do it. But the point is, folks, if you're listening to us and you're in your car, and you might be, for sure if you were on Friday, maybe Thursday, don't get out of your car and start arguing with people. It's just, what's the point? Just keep moving. What's the point? What are you going to win? You're going to win an argument, or are you going to get shot? Or, I, listen, I have seen people get so mad on I-95 that they, on purpose, slam their brakes on and have the guy rear-end them. I saw that myself. Couldn't believe it. Mm. I have also seen other cars ram other cars. Another oh. car ram another car. Oh That's kind of redundant, but they did that and just to make a point. So, I mean, what's the point? So, I feel awful for this family. You're crazy. And, and this 12-year-old yeah, year old girl that had to see this, her father get blown away. But, anyway. But she, she got the guy, so. Uh, yeah, they got the guy. Okay, let's do some fun stuff for a second uh, before uh, we get to Jeff Zavar later today. Uh, let's do a Beatle thing. 
Mm. My favorite, one of my favorite songs. Tuning up, tuning up. That's right. It's a Beatle moment. Casey Kasem, that's right. Back to 1965 and I Feel Fine by the Beatles. Anyway, uh, what's very interesting, maybe some of you have seen it, that the Beatles recording worth its weight in pounds. You know, a lot of people have found, not a lot of people, a number of people have found recordings that the Beatles made while they were producing in the studio songs from the early and mid-60s. This being one of them that we're talking about, I Feel Fine. There were a couple of others that they had. This is another one. Great songs. I Feel Fine was that. This is I'll Follow the Sun. These are these songs are 40 years old for God's sakes, and they still work. So anyway, here's the deal: um, a recently unearthed reel-to-reel tape, what is believed to be the Fab Four recording session from 1964, was auctioned online Tuesday for 9,300 pounds, or 23 dollars 446 U.S. Including tax and handling fees, by the way, for those of you who want to know, according to Cameo Auctioneers in Berkshire Village of Migham. Uh, on the 30-minute tape, one can hear of the banter taking place between Paul McCartney and John Lennon as the group tries to get through a take of I'll Follow the Sum. Cool. Yes, it's terrific, which is on the album Beatles for Sale, Beatles 65 in the U.S., without collapsing into giggles. It's just <laughs> going to get funnier and funnier as the evening goes on, Lennon says. I'll Follow the Sun, which continues on to side two after beginning toward the end of the w side one, yes, is preceded by renditions of Don't Put Me Down Like This, I Feel Fine, and this one. She's a woman. I am. Which is... Another one of my favorite Beatles songs. Gosh, I hope it's yours. <laughs> and if it's not, I, I don't care. You're stuck with it, folks. Okay. Anyway, the point is that the uh, the tapes were worth an awful lot of money. And God knows how they find these things, but they do. And, you know, uh, they came out with um, that uh, double... CD a number of years, in fact, many CDs a number of years ago of the lost tapes from the BBC oh. when the Fab Four were on BBC and being interviewed. And they, you know, 40 years later, 35 years later, they found these tapes and um, uh, digitized them. Love the outtakes. And yeah, and it's fun stuff. They drop a glass and, you know, it's John like dropped a glass, you dropped a glass, you dropped a glass, you did, you did, you did, today. And, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, so that became uh, at Christmas time. That came out the following Christmas. Somebody, um, I guess it was the BBC had it, and they got the money for it. And uh, it became a really big hit in the United States uh, um, for Christmas that year. Okay, now, having said that, yep. let me go to my next bit of, little bit of, a little bit of information. Uh, the Ashes. Now, we talked about this earlier uh, this year. James Doohan. We may recall a Scotty from Star Trek. Oh, yes. I don't know if we have any Star Trek music, but if we do, we do, we don't, we don't. But um, uh, the ashes of Star Trek's James Doohan, by the way, he was Canadian, uh, was destroyed in a rocket launch, uh, which is just terrible. Uh, finally riding that razored edge between tragedy and comedy, the New York Times reports that not only did the SpaceX Falcon 1 rocket lose its three satellites and fail to reach orbit during a recent launch, but it also destroyed the remains of actor James Doohan, best known as the original Star Trek's chief engineer, Scotty. I've got to beam you up. I can't hold it together, Captain. There it is. 
The actor's ashes, as well as those of 200 others, were being carried into orbit by the rocket when complications with the ship's stage separation led to the assumed destruction of the craft. This recent mishap puts a sad period on the end of a sentence that already included an earlier loss and eventual recovery of the remains of Scotty. So he doesn't have very good luck. With, he had better luck alive than dead, right? So it looks well, like to me. Well, it's, his ashes are just being re-ashed. It's just, yes. Yeah. Well, they were sprinkled in space. The sad part is they're going to come back due to gravity. And they didn't make it into space. I mean, Dang it, it. Just to space. And then, so that line. I see dead people. They're, uh, they're, they're going to come back. So, okay, having said that. Now, uh, two other bits of information uh, that I'm sure are going to thrill you, that one of which I just thought was adorable, that a sea lion slipped aboard a boat out on uh, Ferndale, Washington. Did you hey, see that piece on the no, Internet? I missed that, but it sounds strange. It really intrigued me because it, it's almost like the, the sea lion was trying to communicate with this family. Yes. So this family's on their sailboat, and they have it out in the bay off of uh, Washington State yes. somewhere near Ferndale. And they were picnicking uh, on Clark Island when her daughter-in-law saw that they were um, saw what they thought was a seal aboard the family's 31-foot Catalina, <laughs> apparently after taking advantage of a ladder extending into the water from the stern. So what really happened, and if you should go online and see this, it was on AOL News, it just cracked me up. The sea lion knew how to climb up the ladder, all right? It climbed up the ladder and got on the boat, the back of the boat, the very, very, very stern part, the very, very back of the boat where you would climb up and there's like a little ledge there and just sunbathed and didn't want to leave. So they, they finally got into their little dinghy and they got onto the oh, boat. Oh, how cute it's a, Did you see it? Yes. It's adorable. And so they they got the sea lion off the uh, the boat, the 31-foot uh, cat, uh, uh, Catalina. And then he came back. He came back. Mm. And then... <laughs> It's just great. You've got to see this because this little sea lion, this nice, lovely female sea lion, I should say, by the way, rather than get off the boat the second time, hit its head under pillows and left the rest of its body out. And it figured if it hit its head and it couldn't be, he couldn't see them, they couldn't see me. And they, and they just couldn't. It was just hysterical. I just had to bring that to your attention because right. it's something nice in a crazy world. So. We've got to talk to Penelope about that next week. Yeah. I mean, really, I'm going to keep this peace for her. Okay. You know, maybe that's like a human being come back. It, or, the Hindus believe that. That's why they don't kill, you know, cows. It had something important to say. Speaking of which, yeah. we're going to get the... Uh, the soothsayer back one of these days, aren't we? Oh, he wants to come back. I saw the emails. Yeah. Is he going to be on the show? or? That's up to you. Oh, he's, if we can understand <laughs> him, that's the big problem. We're going to need a translator for yeah, we have to. We, I think we have to reduce the number of minutes he can be on. All right. Yeah, we'll All right, we'll work okay. it out. Okay, Maybe we'll I'll have a little talk with him. In and your last bit finish. of information that I wanted to bring up today, that's just uh, information of the absurd, but it's not absurd, it's kind of interesting. Is that, um, do you know how many people lost their lives to the Berlin Wall when it was up? Nope. Take a wild stab. Two million. Oh, come on. That's like a state, for guys. That's a city. Oh, I don't know. That's Ten like all million? the people in Wyoming. No, 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 no. 136. Million? No. 136 oh. people. 136. 136 million. It's only east of West Berlin, for Christ's sake. I'm just trying to be All right. 136 big. lives lost at the Berlin Wall. New research. New research, as opposed to the old research, new research released Thursday before the anniversary of the Berlin Wall's construction start date said 136 people lost their lives at the Cold Wall barrier that once divided the city, which, by the way, is a small increase of three over the original number. I just thought that would be just wonderful to know and, uh, and bring to everyone's uh, attention. 
So, Thank you. Thank having, you for that. That, that. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. I know. I'm look, now I'm looking for my notes. I put my notes. Hang on a minute. Got your time. Got my notes. Got my notes. Got my notes. China. Uh, oh, by the yeah. way, is the bar on the line yet? Is he there yet? Uh, yeah, let me check on him. Let's check on him. Uh, the, the Olympics and what the Olympic Committee was thinking when it awarded the uh, the games to China. I don't know what they were thinking, allowing the Olympics to be in Beijing. I, I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, do you? I mean, wh- why would we have? Why would the committee have gone ahead and put it into China? I know that China's got all this growth and all this exciting things going on, but it does have pollution and it does have the fact that it's a controlled society. Yeah. I was looking at the pictures of the pollution. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. Well, the pollu- I well, you know what? Here here here's the skinny on that. Number one, the pollution's awful because when you do land, and I've been there, you do land. It's 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 like you're landing in a uh, in a storm because so you you're in a cloud. Yeah, you're in a cloud, but it's not really a cloud. I it's know. smog. So you're wondering what the plane's engines are really <laughs> sucking in while oh, yeah. they're uh, oh, you know yeah. they're they're flying there. So all right, now that's number one. Number two. They're saying that there's particulates in the air, all over the air, that are a size of a quarter or a, a critter. A little louder. Oh, okay. Little, little particulate. There goes, there's another one. Got it. And, uh, but they're, they're saying they're also they're the size of a grasshopper, which... Grasshopper? Grasshopper. Hmm. Ooh, that's a grasshopper. How are you? Right. Ooh, sorry. Got it. <laughs> Got it. But um, uh, that I did not see when I was over there. I, I just didn't, and I'm not so sure that the American athletes getting off the plane at the Beijing airport. Now they're in the new airport, and we landed. It, they had the old airport, and you took off in the new airport, which is kind of nice. It's huge. It's very, very, everything in China is huge. So, you know, it is huge. huge. Someone said it's the largest airport in the world now. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that for I could believe that. I wonder if Zabar knows that. Well, we'll ask Jeff when he when he gets on the phone if he if he would know that. I, I was at the new airport and the old one. The old one looks like it's still World War II. The new one looked like it was the 21st century. So, um, but I don't understand why the Olympic Committee went ahead and put it in Beijing anyway. I mean, there are problems in Beijing in terms of reporting stories. They have um, little listening devices in the hotel rooms. They're listening in on phone calls. They're monitoring the Internet. You know, you do not have freedom. About 15 people uh, coming into China were denied admission, were denied their visas, were canceled because they didn't give a reason. Uh, a U.S. Uh, a major U.S. Olympic uh, medalist, gold medalist, uh, was not allowed when he called the Chinese embassy uh, in Dallas, which is where uh, you you get your uh, visas, by the way, in the United States. And they just said we don't have to give you a reason. Yeah. So he ain't going. And neither are 14 others from around the world, Canada and, and, and Western Europe, obviously. They don't want to win. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get it. And is the bar on the line? They have. Yes, I'm here. And so I'm what do you What do you think, Jeff? Why do you Don't you think it's kind of was kind of weird to have the Olympics in Beijing? Um, I, I think it was. Beijing is one of those cities that, geopolitics aside, it's it's probably about time they have it there. But you can't put geopolitics, you can't put the, the nature of their regime aside and say that, you know, they should have had it there. Because you can't have expected, if you're on the International Olympic Committee and you're making the decision as to where this event should be, you can't have expected that they wouldn't have, once they got it, they're going to do what they want to do. I know, they made all these promises that they, oh no, we're going to, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going to open up and we're going to do and we're going to, and then, and then, no, because they, they're restricting the internet, that's something that you're into, you, you cannot, you, there are certain words, things that you can't research on Google Tibet. over there. Excuse me, Tibet. sorry. God bless you, did you get that dog? It's that, that Tibet sneeze I have going on. I know, you know, well you can't trust it, you know, it's hard. 
Uh, particularly going to the higher uh, mountains. But uh, uh, <laughs> there's that Tibetan dog again. There's that Those Tibetan, land that, animals. That crazy Tibetan dog. Well, the good news is that uh, they have removed dog from all the menus in uh, in Beijing and China right now. But the cat population has suddenly dropped off the map. I don't know where they've all gone. <laughs> that's, an, I got it, that's not funny. Ew. I just have to tell you, having been in China... It is not funny because you really don't know. First of all, they do serve dog in China. You know, they don't look at and Korea and some other places in Asia. They don't look at Fido, your your best friend, like Pacino and Julie in my house, as your pet. I don't think they really have pet dogs over there. I mean, pet smart. I never saw any pet smarts when I was there. I, I think they're only dogs are only pets until they're big enough to. You know, it's like having a pet pig. You know, it's like until it's time to. Hey, it's Friday night. We're gonna have barbecue. What was that John Steinbeck um, uh, story? Was it John Steinbeck story that had the kid that was raising Curly the cow, the uh, the 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 uh, the cow, and then the kid has to make a decision to bring him to the show. In which case, if he wins, the the animal gets killed. I thought it was a short story by Steinbeck. I don't remember. If it wasn't Henry David Thoreau, then I don't know about it. Oh my <laughs> God! He's always. I can't believe this. He is so hung up on the Northeast right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually existentialism. Where, where it's not 104 degrees on the, uh, you know, on the uh, the the, the human shore. All right, Jeffrey, let me talk to you for a second. I know you're you're into your tech stuff, but let's, I want to go back to the Olympics for a second. Now, what could they use? Maybe you don't know this, but you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. But what could people use uh, while they're over there? Do you have any idea what you know? I, I know when I was Plastic there, I plugged bubbles. in and it worked fine. Plastic bubbles. Plastic bubble. Remember the boy in the plastic bubble? <laughs> yes, I yes, do. John Travolta. The plastic bubble. Oh, that's very funny. Are you telling me we have a break, Wanda? Yeah, huh? Right now? Yeah, huh? All right, Jeff, stay there. We're going to come right back with Jeff Sabar on the Rich Rothman Show, 1360 WKAT. This is Rothman. Don't go anywhere. Can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis courts, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. What do you get when you cross an entrepreneurial tycoon and a mass media icon? The business opportunity of epic proportions. With an unstable economy on the minds of so many Americans, more and more people are deciding to start their own home-based business. This is why the legendary CEO of brands such as Christian Dior and Fruit of the Loom, Mr. William F. Farley, has decided to create a company that you have the opportunity to partner with. The name of this company is Zri. 
Zri has the wholehearted endorsement of the Chopra Center for Well-Being. Founded by Dr. Deepak Chopra, Zri has just launched in North America and is slated to be the next billion-dollar brand. There has never been a better time to capture a piece of the growing health and wellness industry. Ride the wave to prosperity and abundance with the Zri opportunity. Visit wavetoprosperity.com. Remember, the key to success in any business is timing. Get ahead of the wave. Go to wavetoprosperity.com today. This time, it's your turn to prosper. Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro financial lending packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting. Out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ivis Leon at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today, Total Bank, member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business, and of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ and J Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business. I wonder where a guy in everyday Joe like myself could find a little action. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, we're back. Um, I probably should mention that in the second hour, 
Uh, we have two guests coming on that I think you're going to enjoy that will complement the wonderfulness of Jeffrey Sabar. Uh, Jennifer Thorne Amen. Did I say that right, Wanda? I believe so. Amen. Uh, wrote a book along Amen. with uh, two other folks, Alex Wilson and uh, Katie Ackerley, uh, The Consumer Guide to Home Energy Savings. And it's kind of interesting stuff. A lot of stuff we should know about, we do know about, but a lot of other things we may not know about. And that's going to be fun to talk to. And the, and the other guest is going to be Lee Mirengoff who is uh, president of the National Council of Political Pollsters, and he's a pollster for WNBC-TV in New York City. He happens to be the director of the uh, Marist Institute for Public Opinion, and, he, and actually he was a very good friend of uh, Tim Russert. So we're going to be talking to him in the second hour as well yeah, later yeah. today. He's a nice guy. And uh, Yeah, polling. Oh, my God, this is the year for polling. Okay, Jeffrey. Well, I, if I may offer one tip yeah. that you're not going to want to do for what? energy conversa conversation, conservation, yeah. is keep your tires inflated to their appropriate levels. So. Okay, nice. Did, did anyone follow that? I was yes, we got Yeah, you. we got that. We got that you. goes back to the conversation we were having here about an hour or so ago. I'm, so, I'm just, that's, Jeff, that's so one hour ago. Sorry. It's all right. Jump on the bandwagon. So, Jeffrey, tell us about, yeah. the, what do you feel like talking about technology today? Well, you know what? It's interesting. I, um, I'm, I'm big on, non-tech-wise, I'm big on promoting your small business. I do the, the marketing column for the South Florida Business Journal, and, and I talk about everything from, from online and for the, the stuff that you do for, you, you know, using the online social networks and the like to the offline, the traditional, whether it's, you know, running ads or getting out and speaking. But I'm a big believer in that sort of pocket billboard, as I call it, as people do, the, uh, the business card. And a, a great application that I came across was how, and I don't know if you guys have done this, but to create your business cards online that then, you know, traditional business cards, upload photos, create your card, and then they're mailed to you or whatever. You can have them done locally as well. Um, but they're, they're coming out with a whole new level of, of applications to use. Where I did one yesterday it's a, at a site called Moo.com. I think we might have spoken about this recently. But the, the, what I was, I, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make 50 business cards. It's 21 bucks or something like that. It's right. all cool. It's a little expensive, obviously. Right. I could upload as many images as I want, up to 50, and they'll make a separate business card for all 50 of those images. And so I went through my inbox, or not my inbox, my, my, my pictures directory, and uploaded about 12 or 13 different photos. So I'm getting about four or five or so of each of each image that I'm uploading, maybe not four or five, maybe like three or four, um, for each image that I want. And I did it for the, the tour we just got back from, from Home Office Highway. So I'd have some, some unique images all different from the, uh, from the trip. And I, and I thought what's really cool is how going online, a lot of people, I was talking to somebody recently and they, I was given a presentation recently. We're talking about, uh, I was talking about doing online banking and doing online bill pay and sort of merging the two. And the hand went up and I'm, and I said, I can see what you're going to ask. Is it safe? Right, that was going to be my question. A lot of people say you shouldn't do that because that's a good way to have identity theft. It's a good way. Now, there's a couple things to keep in mind. This is a good segue because there's a couple things to keep in mind when you're when you are doing online banking. Um, I'm a big believer in not, for example, doing online banking from your Wi-Fi connection over at the local Starbucks. Okay, it's probably the, the greater likelihood is that you're going to be hacked when you're working on an open network like that. Okay, so. If you're out and about, maybe even at an airport, do you think that's dangerous too? Uh, if you're on an open network, anybody can get it. Anybody can sniff out your information. You can send it encrypted, 
okay, which is the better way to go. Um, when you do purchases over a network, it's always good to, to look for an encrypted network or, you know, a, a, an organization, an online retailer that offers sort of encryption or protected data transfer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that doing online purchases when you're out in the public setting is probably not the best idea. But if you're working on either a Wi-Fi card like we've spoken of, like, for example, the Verizon or AT&T, or they all have these, these Wi-Fi cards, um, working on that, you're getting your own connection to the Internet that no one else is hacking over, except if you're on your laptop, make sure to turn off your um, your wireless connection. You know, you have a little antenna inside that connects to the wire, the, the wireless networks out there. Make sure it's turned off if you're working on, you know, on your own um, Internet card. Um, but Or just do it from home, and again, not when you're on your wireless network, but maybe when you're on the connected computer. But I'm a big believer in online commerce. One day this Internet thing's going to take off, don't you know? And well, I agree with you, and, and I do a lot of stuff. Actually, I do pay a lot of bills and stuff on the Internet. I, I try to limit, you know, I don't send a lot of checks out anymore. I, I notice that box never gets empty. Yeah. But, but, but I have a wireless system in the house, and we do it, and we actually do it there on the wireless system. Right. So that's probably, I would think that's a lot safer than. Well, yours is safer than most, um, in the sense of, a, it's safer than any public network. Yeah, I wouldn't also, do it in public. No, well, I, I like would never do that. Well, like if you're at Starbucks, or if you're at the local, right. at the airport where they offer it for free, um, I'm not a big believer. I don't like using free networks at, um, when I'm out and about because they have a number of different hacks and applications that, that malcontents out there can run to hack your computer while you're open and, and surfing the web again. But how about when you're at, let's say you're at a hotel and you're going to go to their business office to, you don't, you don't have your computer using their computers. Well, that's is that, is that safe? Now that's a landline. Is that safe or not safe, do you think? Safer, nothing, nothing is foolproof. Right, because anybody can hack in, that. They're going to get in. Okay, but it is safer than being on, you know, in your hotel room using a wireless network trying to get in. Um, it's certainly safer to have a hard wire into the network, but not, again, nothing is foolproof. But the like, you know, in doing this, I just, I just signed up for a new service it's from HP. It's called Upline, and it's not a, uh, it's not a multi-level marketing scheme. It's Upline is a, it's an online data storage and recovery. It's a backup solution, not, not unlike uh, uh, Carbonite and XDrive and some of these other solutions you can use that are designed to store and save your data, back it up to an online server so it's always there. And somebody said to me, but I don't want my, all my information out there. Um, well, you probably don't if, it's, if you're dealing with your client's proprietary information that if somebody got hold of, you could be in a lot of trouble, um, or you know, very risky or proprietary or confidential financial data that you may not want out there. But, you know, my articles, you're going to see them all eventually anyway. So I had, and, and I have all my photos, so I backed them all up um, to, to this server in the sky that's hosted by HP for $60 a year. And the tremendous peace of mind you get from doing an, using an application like that is just immeasurable. And so if people say, I'm not going to store to an online service because someone's going to hack my information, well, you know what? You got to think about what your information is worth. Finances are different than just storing data. But whether you're talking about using a public network or saving to a to a web-based um, online backup solution, um, you got to think about what the likelihood is of your information getting hacked. Um, certainly, you don't want to upload pins 
and information like that. You don't want to upload credit card information. Um, you know, you want stuff that you, that stuff should be kept very close at hand and should never be on the list anyway. And, and I would tell you, you should be changing your pins and and your IDs and your passwords every now and then as well, just to confuse people. Uh, yeah, I people. mean, IT people will tell you every three to six months you should be changing that information. Um, it shouldn't be. You know, Jeff the bar one two three, and then some sort of quirky passcode or PIN. Um, it should be something that that no one would think of. It can be a pet's name. It could be a your address somehow. Not not really something someone would find. But some people will also say use a phrase. You know, the dog barks at midnight. And then you might take the first letters of every word, and then you might change all the Ooh. all the vowels into a number. So that people don't think about, you know, people aren't going to think about this, but it's just, it's a matter of creating a code. A quick brown oh, fox smart, jumps cheap. over. Now, what was that for type? dog. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. got to remember that. See, I, it took me all these years. <laughs> Not to do, that one. You're right. It, but it took me all these years to learn my password. I mean, I still don't know them all. I get so confused. I know. I do too. And, and, it's, and particularly, I, I have like the senior moments like, oh, my God, what is this? What am I on? What am I doing? Where am I going? Where am I? You know, and now I'm going to say, i got to change it all. But you're right. you got to uh, listen. Identity theft is very, very dangerous. I had an experience. And if you look in the paper today, they arrested 11 people yeah, down here right. for identity theft. Yep. And it's not funny. It's very serious. Because people set up parallel lives with the information they glean, just like Jeff's talking about, from the ether. And there are people out there doing it as we speak. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. It's constant because there are, as I call them, malcontents, but that's being rather kind, who want that. They're criminals. Now, I would say a malcontents, that crazy scientist who actually sent anthrax out. That's another conversation. Yes. That's a malcontent. Well, there, there are people out there who want this information. And, and, okay, so if they hack your bank account, they might, you know, they might wipe you out, okay, financially from that point of view, depending on how much money you keep there. If they hack your credit card, you're only liable for a certain amount. They hack your identity. It can take you forever and four bottles of Excedrin to get through the headache and time that will be involved in clearing that up. No, it's, 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 it's I, I had that. It's a very, very bad process. I, I once bought a number of, uh, uh, Dell computer. I bought, no, I bought a Dell computer for myself at, uh, South Florida CEO. Paid for it with a credit card and cash, basically. It's a cash deal. Alright, no bill. It was done. Uh, you know, within, I don't know, Dell was pretty good in those days. Within the week, I guess I had my computer. It was there. About uh, 120 days later, I get a phone call at home, uh, not in the office, from Dell Financial, wondering why I missed payments. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, we'd like to know what about the payments for the uh, computers you bought. And I said, and that kind of, you know, got me scared. And I said, what computers? He said, well, the, the three computers that you bought. Which of course, obviously, I didn't. In which case, we had to get their fraud division on. And but you, you know what? I, you know what? And that's when I got involved in this. I had to go to the police department, file a report as if something was stolen, get the notarized copy of the police report, send that to Dell. Had to notify all the credit bureaus because they were hacking. You know, they could hack in, and that what happened is that somebody got a hold of my my personal information through Dell. That's what that's what happened. Right. And and it, I wasn't the the funny thing is it happened to my my wife's boss out in Houston at the time had the exact same experience from Dell when I had mine. He was a, a joint, uh, you know, uh, uh, recipient of this wonderful uh, service. 
Well, you know, there, there's a lot to, to keep in mind um, with what you just said, and, and I think part of it is it's almost like an afterthought, is you called the credit reporting services. Um, it's important that we check um, our credit reports and make sure that we're, we're on the up and up and everything's clean so that you do have to, if you do have to go out and finance something, that you're not going to come back, you're not going to hear, oh, you know what, you are, you have bad credit, Mr. Rothman, or you have bad credit, Mr. Zabar, because of this, that, or the other, and you're sort of floored by it and caught over a barrel because you were expecting it. Um, if, if I can leave with one key tip today, um, people know about it, but they get the wrong site and then they end up subscribing to a service, um, annualcreditreport.com is the site you should go to set up by TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. And this is the site that was mandated by the federal government that these three companies set up to give you, each one of them are obligated by law to give you a copy of your credit report once a year so you can check on it and see how your credit is doing. Um, a free copy. They're not going to give you your credit, your credit score. They're going to give you your credit report. So a lot of people go to, you know, freecreditreport.com or whatever, and then they, you know, free with that annual subscription to, you know, $39.95 a year. Um, you don't want to go that route, I mean, unless you want to subscribe to their service. But if you're looking for the free credit report, you go to annualcreditreport.com. Again, it's a government-mandated solution set up by the three credit unions. And if you do it this way, if you, if you want to keep up on your credit and you're kind of anal about it, you can set up a reminder in Outlook and Act and whatever you use for your calendar and your paper, whatever. Um, every four months, you can send a request to one of these. So TransUnion, I do it in August. In December, I would do it for Experion. In uh, March or April or whatever, four months out, I would do it for Equifax. So that August of next year, I'm doing TransUnion. You can't, can't do any one credit company twice a year or they're going to charge you for it. So you see what I'm getting? You do Sure. You, you spread it out. You spread it out, and then you can stay on top of it. I do it probably every six to eight months, and just no surprises. You know what? I, I see how lousy my credit is, so I'm not surprised. You know, I know what's there. <laughs> oh, it's clean? I was not expecting that. No, you got. You know what? You have to do that because I found out, and I, I do that now, I, I, at least once or twice a year. I check everything and I make sure it's right. I, maybe I should be doing it three times a year, but I do it at least twice a year. And it takes a long time to print it out, and, and I just and I print it out as well, other than just downloading it and keeping right. it as a file. Right. And I read through it. I find they have the wrong addresses for me. They've had my wrong name, you know, AKA also known as you know Robert Browning. I mean, they have all this wrong stuff occasionally, right. silly stuff that really doesn't affect your credit, but silly stuff. And but actually, you know what I did find out about um, three years after the Dell thing. And by the way, the Dell thing did not go away overnight. I had a big problem with it, and then it got resolved, and I had letters saying, you know, we know it's fraud, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? They hit it with me again about a year or so later that I wanted to get a computer for my son, Michael, when he was at, uh, up at FSU. And, uh, and Dell, they wouldn't accept my credit at Dell. And I and I then I called the 800 number. So what seems to be the problem? Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, check with the credit bureau. And on the credit bureau report, which I did right away, you know, you all of a sudden your hands quivering. And I looked and said, there it was, a write-off from Dell. I couldn't believe they did that. Right. So I had to go back again and I had, to, I had to threaten them and say, listen, if that's not gone immediately, you know, based upon here are the letter, here's this, here's that, we, we have a problem under the Truth and uh, Lending Act in the United States. And they did correct it. But that took six weeks to get taken care of. Well, they wouldn't have done anything had you not forced their hand. And that's the way business right. is, is they just throw it out there. 
You know, they just put it on your credit report, they, and they, they want to scare you into action. You know, probably nine times out of ten, there's, there might be something wrong, but in Rich Rothman's case, there wasn't, and they were not inclined to make good until you held their feet to the fire. Yeah, they really uh, – actually, I, I did consult with a specialist on this at the time because I got very concerned about um, people attacking my credit because I, I worked very hard to have good credit. And, and you should do that because your whole life's based – you know, it's really a shame. Right. But your whole life really gets based on that, on, on a lot of misinformation and disinformation. So you're very correct, Jeff, to tell people to get out there and, and what's that website again? Annualcreditreport.com. And you don't have to dress up like a pirate and serve fish to tourists in T-shirts. But um, the other thing to keep in mind is that you can go to these credit reporting agencies and you can lock down your credit so that no one can inquire without your approval. They can't inquire about your credit. Well, I did that. That's exactly what I did. Right. And so, and I maintain that that nobody, uh, they can they can try and do something with me, but the the person issuing the credit has to literally speak to me. Right. You know, before they can issue the credit. And and what I was told by the police, by the way, on this in their fraud division, wherever I had to go out in Miami-Dade County to do this, uh, out west somewhere, um, was that uh, they could set up this parallel life. They could actually go out and buy a car in my name. Absolutely. And this happened. Absolutely. They'll go out and buy a Mercedes, they'll go buy a Chevy, they'll buy anything they want, a Corvette, put it in my name, I don't know anything about it, and you know what? It's The onus is on me to prove that it wasn't me who bought the car. Right. And, and it's a really onerous experience uh, to go through. So Jeff Zabar is right. Listen to the man. Again. Yes, he is. He, when it comes to this stuff, he does know. you got to really check this stuff out because this fraud stuff is really, really scary. And... and um, Wait a minute, I just had another one, now that I think about it. Epiphany? Yeah, another another moment of epiphany for me. Diner's Club, my Diner's Club card. Um, I, I found all this stuff from Malaysia. I got a phone call one day, Jeffrey, from the folks from Diner's Club, which is now tied in with MasterCard. I've had right. it forever. And they said, listen, we've got to ask you a question. Um, were you in Malaysia yesterday? <laughs> And at the time, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I said, I what? About that. What are you saying? Was I in Malaysia? Let's think I about this logic. I was not in Malaysia. Yeah, they're calling me from some, you know, center where they have all these kids working. I said, well, let's think of it logically on that. You're calling me, as you know, in Fort Lauderdale. It's my home phone number. I said, and to be in Malaysia yesterday, I had to leave forever, days ago. Tomorrow. Yeah, you had to leave. <laughs> Don't laugh. You lose track of days and you cross the international date line. I just want you to know that. I did that. And I and I messed up a meeting with the head of uh, the AmCham in Hong Kong. Totally missed missed the whole day. And um but it's not funny. And and but I you had missed it by you didn't miss it by you weren't there early so you could come back. I'm gonna come back tomorrow, I'm just gonna fly across the date line. You flew the wrong direction. Right. Anyway, uh, the point is, um, uh, they realized I couldn't have been to Malaysia on Tuesday when it was Wednesday morning and I'm in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, but, but you know what? They had thousands of dollars, and what they were doing, and people should be aware of this. Look at your credit cards as well, because they may slip something in. And you don't, if you don't read your credit card carefully, you know, I found out that they were buying um, uh, retail products like computers and game, uh, game boards, like uh, Game Boy or, or Sony Xboxes, because they could buy that, and then they could sell it for $0.10 cents on the dollar. That's what they told me. And um, but they were very good about it because uh, they just were very good about it. They they took it off right away. All I had to do was sign an affidavit, and it was gone. And and we're talking, Jeffrey was about seventeen thousand dollars worth of goods uh, that they they actually did until Diners Club caught up with it and shut the car down. It's 
it's brutal. And luckily, our, our liability there is limited, but the headache is not. Nope. Very scary. How did they get my card? I had no idea how they got my card number. Absolutely. Jeez, McGee's. Hey, Jeffrey, take care of yourself, babe. Rich, Wanda, always great to be with you guys. Have a great week. You have a great weekend. You too. All right, bye. Bye, guys. All right, Jeff Zabar. Love talking to Jeff. Is so easy to talk to. And he's so knowledgeable. But he made a good point. You know what? You really should be doing that credit check. I'm telling you, get out oh. there and do that credit check. Okay. All right, we get back. The second hour, we have uh, two great guests coming up. Um, we'll tell you all about it when we get back. Don't go anywhere. 1360 WKT. Your bills are piling up, but your income remains the same. With one quick phone call, you can get the help you need. Call Beneficial Financial, the people with the mortgage answers. Your answer may be right in the home you own. Give them 10 minutes on the phone, tell them who you are and where you are, and they'll come to you with the answers to your needs. Honesty and trust is what you need now. At Beneficial, you deal with the owner who has over 15 years helping homeowners in South Florida. Call Beneficial Financial Mortgage at 305-826-4001. That's 305-826-4001. 